This is Laree Daniel Favors, and welcome to The Hub. Vice President and Chief Strategy Officer at Moms Rising, one of my favorite groups. And girl, when I tell you I've been using y'all school board toolkit, oh my goodness, I love it. Because we got some weird things happening at the school board where my children are at. Uh, so shout out to Moms Rising. I've been tweeting it, sharing it with everybody. I'm like, we got to get Moms Rising. They figured it out. They understand the assignment. Uh, so I am always grateful to have Moms Rising here on this show. Uh, Monifa also sits at the policy leadership team for the Movement for Black Lives. And for the last decade, uh, she's led the launch of two historic and successful legal cases against police misconduct. She's got the receipts and she is here with us today. Monifa, it's always a pleasure to have you here, sis. Thanks for being with us again today. I love, love, love being here with you, my sister. Well, it is, it's a fangirl moment because um, I, I'm usually when you're here, when Mom's Rising is here, we're talking about terrible things that are happening that we have to address. But there there have been a couple of decent things that have happened. Like reproductive justice was on the ballot. It won in a couple of places and, and, and in significant ways. So give us the latest and greatest on what's happening. I'm also hearing, however, that there are some maternity hospital closures that are really starting to trickle throughout the reproductive justice community. I know it's a mixed bag, but Monifa, where should we start? What's the most important thing for us to let the folks know today in Reproductive Justice Watch? I want everybody out there to know that with the fall of Roe in June of last year, we have been fighting back. Mm. There's a whole movement and ecosystem of organizations that are fighting back on the national level, but some amazing things are happening on the state level, right? The states had to roll up their sleeves and go into their toolbox and say, how can we protect women and birthing people in our state, right? Mm. And so they've come up with a whole bunch of things, right? We've seen some states file lawsuits, right? File litigation against abortion bans. And a lot of that is moving forward. And we've seen a lot of ballot initiatives, right? Yes. That's where voters go directly themselves and say, we wanna put this bill on the ballot. We wanna put it to the public, have them vote yes or no. Do you wanna ban abortion or not? We saw wins last year in Kansas. And then last week we saw a huge win in Ohio yes. where they didn't put abortion on the ballot to say, we don't want to ban it. Voters went in and amended the Ohio state constitution. Mm. They passed a constitutional amendment in Ohio, making sure that you could never, ever ban abortion oh, in their state. Wait, right? that deserves a round of applause, Monifa. Hold on, because that, that's significant. People talking about votes don't matter. They just said, never, no, never are you going to be able to do this here. That's amazing. I didn't even realize it extended that far. That's amazing. Absolutely. And this is really important because we're currently in a moment where our mothers had more rights in terms of reproductive health mm. than our daughters, wow. right? Than people, teenagers, young adults coming up now in this wow. kind of post-row era, depending on what state they live in. Mm. It like straight up depends on what state you live in. So that the organizers did what they did in Ohio is huge. Moms Rising, we reached out to 75 thousand mom voters in the state we text them we called them we ran digital ads targeted at them to say we ain't even got to tell you what to do but just get out and vote because when you read the ballot you're gonna know what to do right when it, you it, get it's there, self-explanatory right? it's, it's self-explanatory wow. and um organizations on the ground big shout out to black led 
women's organizations like New Voices for Reproductive Justice in Ohio, mm. knocking doors, meeting with people saying, okay, this not an, a general election year. A president is not on the ballot. You know, typically that causes low turnout right. when there's no big national uh, debate on the ballot. Right. But they turned it out in Ohio wow. and they passed a constitutional amendment. That is amazing. because And, and again, y'all, the reason I, I think it's so important for us to go on offense when it comes to being clear about how the parties are different. There's a lot of people right now, Monifa, who feel like their votes really don't matter in significant ways. This is a tangible, right? This is something that tangibly will now be able to benefit uh, reproductive, everyone who's interested in reproductive health. And it's a permanent, it's it's baked into the Constitution. So it, there won't be a whole lot of manipulation that the Republicans do, although I can I have heard. Oh, they, they know said. a few tricks. They, yeah, they already they, they you try know, they throw child. anything at the wall to see if it sticks. That's right. Because right. they came right out and was like, we don't care if you voted. We're not going to do it anyway. And I'm like, what yeah. is happening down there? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay. I think it's important to point out that Ohio and the other states that have passed where the voters have rejected abortion bans like Kansas, Montana, and Kentucky have Republican leaning, uh, you know, leads in their state legislature. Yeah. So the voters are saying no to the elected officials, which is a signal, in my opinion, to how they're going to vote on those people come the next time around. Wow. I appreciate that because the reality is the voters are saying no, but the leadership is saying, who said no? La, 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 la. I, I can't hear you. No, 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 no. <laughs> like I'm, and it's like, okay, so don't don't think that voters won't remember because right now what is happening, I think, and Monifa, I'd love your thoughts on this. It feels as though every time they the Republicans come out swinging with at another attempt to undermine our rights, it is just further solidifying them with the idea that they don't respect the voters. They don't, they don't respect democracy because they... They're all about states' rights, but then if they want a national abortion ban, you're violating the rights of those states that have decided they want to have reproductive justice and access in their communities. So it feels to me like this is a losing battle. I just don't know that they know it's a losing battle, and I'm befuddled as to how that can be. I am, too, because when we make the very clear arguments that say, look, hospitals are closing in your state. There are maternity war deserts, meaning that women have oh to travel God. an hour, two hours to get to a labor and delivery uh, hospital, right? Oh and that you have this high rate of maternal mortality and mor morbidity. The average voter, or really basically any thinking person, is like, "How are you going to how are you going to restrict reproductive health care? Mm. Right? How are you going to restrict the choices that birthing people can make, along with their doctors, about what they need to do next?" Wow. And so the logic is there, you know, and we also, there was a poll that came out, you know, it was like 85% of the vast majority of voters in the United States are pro-choice. So mm. these legislators aren't even representing their own voters when it comes to bodily autonomy and what we can do with our own wombs. Wow. <laughs> God forbid we had to do anything with our wombs that, that the great leader did not authorize. <laughs> we're in, we're okay. in that space. We are in that space where, what does the leader say about your, your uterus? That that's kind of where they're trying to go with it. You mentioned hospital closures. Give us a maternal uh, maternity hospital closures. Give us a sense as to how serious of an issue that is. I remember Stacey Abrams saying that there were like 80 counties, I believe in the state of Georgia alone that did not have access to an OBGYN. What are we seeing? with regards to maternity hospital wards closing? It's really bad. You know, first of all, there are all these states where um, they refuse to accept 
what is commonly known as Obamacare or the Affordable Care Act. Like they will not mm. expand, okay, Medicaid access in their state, right? And one of the things that that does is it starves their own hospitals of resources. Wow. They are turning away money, right? Mm. On some political football, on some political ideological stance, right? To reject quote unquote Obamacare. And they are starving their hospitals and their hospital systems in their states of money that they could be receiving to take care of the very patients um, that the hospitals have coming in. So the hospitals, wow. no matter what, are going to have patients coming in who probably qualify for Medicaid, who probably should be getting the subsidy, who are not. Mm. And so it puts the hospitals in the red, wow. right? It puts the hospitals at a deficit. And what we see is hospitals are closing. And they basically name two factors. One is, you know, running in the red. They're not able to uh, recoup the money that they're spending on these births. And the other piece is staffing. Mm. We're, we're moving into a huge national shortage of OBGYNs, right? Wow. Because who's going to go into a, a discipline where you could get arrested if you provide the care that your right. patient needs? Right. Who's going to pick that as a specialty? Mm. Right? <laughs> like mm. you spend all mm -hmm. these years in school. And you got to pick a specialty. Why would you go to one where there's these criminal penalties in a lot of states right. based on what you think uh, care that your patient needs? And so we also see this staffing shortage. So there's a money shortage and a staffing shortage, and it's impacting rural communities and, of course, communities of people that look like me and you, sis. Mm. And, you know, Monifa, I was reading uh, an article the other day that talked about the fact that they, they were tracking uh, prosecutions for abortion-related services. And surprising no one who's pay been paying attention, black women make up the overwhelming majority, disproportionately, uh, of women who are represented in uh Prosecute criminal prosecution, arrests. That means everything from arrest, trial, jail for seeking access to abortion related services. And in an environment where um, you're losing access to OBGYNs, where entire wards of hospitals, if not the hospital themselves, are closing because they cannot afford uh, to continue providing health care. And, and you have a, a social structure that refuses to support parents in any meaningful way. This is a recipe for disaster, Monifa. It totally is. It's a recipe for, for disaster. It's in states where you, you like you're harming your own people, right? Mm. It's a uh, Monroe County uh, Hospital in Alabama will be closing its labor and delivery unit, wow. right? Uh, we go to places like North Carolina where the Betsy Johnson Hospital in Harnett County, they're closing it, right? Mm. And they're citing these things, staffing shortages. And then who does that harm? Your very constituents in your state, in right. Alabama, in North Carolina, mm. right? And so we're heading towards um, a, a really a crossroads. I think the next year, the election, and you know, I hear you talk about this all the time, and you are right on point with it. It is so important because depending on who we get in office, it can determine what the next 50 years is going to look like, right. you know, for our folks. That's right. Um, because of how people can move with judge appointments and all these types of things. So um, it's really, really key for us to, one, do this organizing and this strategizing in the states. But we have to turn out again, as mm -hmm. usual, in mm -hmm. record numbers, <laughs> <laughs> Black women, brown women, indigenous women, and um, stop fascism, right? Yeah. And make sure we can protect our health care. So- that's that is that is the big thing. And then I just wanted to point out to folks, I've been on a, a couple of times talking about the maternal health crisis, especially the black maternal health crisis that is 
climbing, right? In wow. in in our country, based on uh, you know, statistics coming out of 2020, 2022. But I don't want people to give up hope. You know, mm. we are seeing a lot of efforts pushing people to become doulas, expanding doula networks, mm. expanding midwifery. We're seeing schools, even HBCUs are opening up, you know, midwifery programs. And we're really at the, we're at the tip of the spear to address the crisis. So, you know, join us, go to Moms Rising. I'm glad you tell people to go to Moms Rising. Um, but there's a lot of organizations in your state to go to, to get involved um, because we, we were, we're the ones that are going to save ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what's one of the things that I'm reminded of, Monifa, is that you mentioned one of the hospitals in Alabama. Y'all, it's that's the third hospital. Right. You mentioned Monroe County Hospital. That's after uh, Shelby Baptist Medical Center, Princeton Baptist in Birmingham. Uh, they, they both shuttered their doors. You, you, got, you mentioned the hospital in North Carolina. We're seeing this all across the country. And we're also seeing across the country that, frankly, people are realizing the extreme nature uh, of what it is that we're grappling with. Because, quite frankly, and now I've, I've said I plan on being a midwife. Like when I leave the law and I'm done leading at the Center for Law and Social Justice and I transition out of the legal community, I'm going to be a midwife. Like that has always been my dream. Y'all watch this space. I'm gonna make it happen. But Monifa, how many people are trying to do that? A whole lot of people, and that's gonna be my second career, my second career post retirement. How many people are willing to do that? And yet, I am seeing in a lot of circles a lot of uh, young people who are looking to doula services yeah. and to becoming a part of the doula community. We've got groups like um, um, Ancient Doula Songs uh, run by yeah. Chanel Portia, and she's just one of many. But we are seeing, in a weird way, a, a, an embrace of traditional. African practices when it comes to birthing, when it comes to healthcare, in ways that, as crazy as this world is, that kind of giving me some hope. It's a weird thing to see empire falling and the structures of empire fall and a resurgence of the the ancient wisdom that we'd already know. I don't know if you, I know that's not really within your your bailiwick, but do you have no, any no, thoughts no, about is. that? We are going back to what we know. Yes, you know when I t I talk about these issues with my mom, and she's from South Texas, a small town called Warden. Um, that's the county, the town called Sorrells, not even on the map. Mm. And she said in the entire area, okay, this woman, Mary Clark, delivered all the babies wow. that black midwives would travel around the areas that they were, you know, this be one person's area, that be another person's area. And in her area that she said, Mary Clark, she delivered all of us, mm. all of her, her neighbors, her cousins, her siblings, she delivered their parents. Right. And wow. then it was like, she was shut down. Laws came into place. You mentioned empire. This is no, that's illegal. Mm. You can't be a midwife. You have to go to the hospital. You have to go to the doctor. And my mother's like, meanwhile, the hospitals were segregated. You, you could go to the hospital wow. and you're shutting down Mary Clark. Mm. Ooh, she said, by the way, never lost a baby, never lost a mama. Wow. Now, can you imagine in the poor, rural, deep South Texas, some black woman with her bag and whatever she's carrying to place to place was able to care for and save all these lives, right? Mm. So we're kind of going back to Mary Clark. That's yeah. what I always say. Yeah. We're going back to Mary Clark. Mary Clark knew how to do it. And we're going to scale up what she was doing. And we're going to honor her and the thousands of Mary Clarks That's right. that we had in our communities That's around right. the country. Because we always knew. We, we've we been giving birth, right? <laughs> so I don't know. I we've been giving birth since we've been. <laughs> right. So, right, somebody knew how to do it until someone said they wanted to medicalize it, right, and right. corporatize it. Mm. And then you saw Black women suffer, and the rate just kept going up, 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 and up. Because, quite frankly, 
the the rate of maternal mortality for me and even my mom, it was lower than it is for younger black women of today. We Jesus. have gone back, y'all. Mm. Right. So we're going to go back to the Mary Clark. Right. Method. Right. Because we've gone back in, in this system in a very bad way. And we're going to go back to those ancient ways. I, I'm, I'm thinking about how that pattern is sort of similar in so many other areas when we talk about black children in particular who do better. Well, actually, all children do better under black teachers. That's statistics. <laughs> That's statistically All been proven. Children. All hey, children. Back up. Look, look. How they say rewind? <laughs> chicken, chicken, chicken. All right. So yeah, all children statistically perform better <laughs> under black educators. When we talk about people who have perhaps for whatever reason, there's something about being sensitized to oppression, something about being sensitized to the realities of how this place works that causes us to show up more powerfully when we are able to do so. And, and we're seeing in, in so many different ways how a return to what we previously new is the healthier more sustainable valid approach to doing things i, I there's a model here that i'm saying something but i ain't saying something then you know it's listen just, to what you're saying they listen. also same with black doctors that's i'm right. sure i think i shared that report in here once that yes. county by county life expectancy right is higher however less than half of the counties in the united states have a black black mm. primary care physician in them so, you know, it's we 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 have to build up our own um, yes. bench and our own pipelines, which we're doing at amazing schools like Xavier, you know, where my daughter is Spelman, you know, mm. I mean, there's there's schools all over the country that are saying we're building pipelines for practitioners, nurses, doctors, researchers. Wow. Because we don't we will be ignored, we'll be erased, we get it, you know, and that results in um, premature death. That's right, like, that's right. And if I recall correctly, I think in that report you noted that even if the doctor, the black doctor wasn't your doctor, just having the black doctor in the space was enough to in increase. In the county, because you know what we do, we, advocate, we go in there and we tell our colleagues, listen, that's right. Listen, Susan, <laughs> let me tell you. Come on, Jim. You right. <laughs> Well, we ain't going to do there, or Just being an employee at the hospital, just being in the county, it drives up the quality of care. Wow. There's, there's so much to be said there. And I the, the idea that we are recognizing that and that our institutions are responding by building up our own pipelines, that to me, that's going on offense, Monifa. That's teaching us how to not wait for someone else to come with a solution, but to recognize that we are the solutions we've been looking for when it comes to maternal health, when it comes to our care for community, when it comes to moving forward as as people who, are, who believe in humanity. Um, so I, I'm grateful for that. I wanted to also just remind people, again, I'd mentioned earlier, the governor-elect of the state of Louisiana is holding clean water in New Orleans hostage uh, if people who are, are seeking reproductive care through abortions are not arrested and prosecuted. Again, folks, the parties are not the same. This isn't about being uh, connected to one party or another. It's about painting a picture that shows you clearly what is happening here. When they want to balance the budget by cutting all the programs and sciences and the health uh, communities that are targeted to us, the parties are not the same. When we've got people who are going to vote in Ohio and uh, in Kentucky and saying we want to secure reproductive health care as a part of our constitutional right and the other the Republicans say no no we won't do it the parties are not the same and I just need us to know that Monifa any other insight that you can share with us on how we can continue to go on offense are there campaigns we can support uh, either that mom's rising is pushing or, or that or others that you know of I, I'm moving us to an offensive position on these airways I'm tired of us being in defense as a people and so at least on these airways in the space I can have some influence in I want us to go on offense what can we do to keep this forward movement going? 
Absolutely. Our offensive playbook includes uh, going and teaching, like you shared before, the teaching, taking that toolkit. But I want to go back to your main thesis, okay, which mm -hmm. is I believe that voting is not a marriage proposal. Yes. You do not need to be in love with the state legislator, governor, or, uh, you know, president, congressman, whoever it is that you vote for. You have to have a strategy yes. when you vote. You are not picking a spouse. You're picking a target, mm. right? And so when you when you have when you're in the driver's seat of the strategy, and you say, "Who do I want to go up against?" Right? Yes. <laughs> you gonna pick the Hulk? Are you gonna pick someone who you feel like <laughs> there's a little there's less of a gap here? Mm. Not saying that there's no gap. Right. Not saying that you align with this person. Not saying you're about to marry this person. This is not a proposal. That's right. right? Voting is a strategy and it's a strategy that we have to use because no matter who's there, they have to be a target of our advocacy. That's right. This is an opportunity for us to pick who that is. Mm, I love so that. Pick your best I opponent. I want people to listen to you. Yes. <laughs> and, and follow you on Twitter because <laughs> this is, there's a lot of voices saying otherwise. And mm. I don't, you know, I don't want to pick on my, yeah. my, my comrades out there, and I know we're all fighting for the same thing, but it is my belief that you do not, this is not a love letter when you That's go right. into that ballot. That's right. Uh, you submit that ballot. <laughs> you don't have to like them. You can maybe can't stand them. You can maybe hate them. Mm. But who is the most strategic pick for what we need to do as part of our larger offensive strategy as a people? I love that. How can people follow Moms Rising? Go to momsrising.org and sign up. That way you get all of our emails and then follow us on all platforms at at Moms Rising. So that's on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Follow us across all of those. We appreciate you. She is Monifa Bandele, a really good sister. I know her in real life, folks, in real life. Thank you so much for being with us again. Really appreciate you.